Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Nami Inouye and welcome to our changing world from RNZ National. World Soils Day is on the 5th of December and we're expecting the release of a global assessment of soils. But today we look into nitrate leaching and how dairy farmers could reduce it significantly. Nitrate leaching from dairy farms pollutes groundwater and rivers. But Massey University soil scientist Mike Headley and his team are investigating how taking cows off pasture during certain periods of the year could reduce the problem by half, while potentially even increasing production. Veronica meets the team on a research dairy farm in Palmerston North. We're standing in a freestall barn on the number four dairy unit at Massey, and this is a regional farm trial, one of, of the four Pastoral 21 dairy farm trials in New Zealand that are focused at trying to increase productivity on farms while decreasing the environmental footprint. The focus of this trial is to use on-off grazing to reduce nitrate leaching. To do that, we have built a house to house cows when they're taken off pastures, and that houses 200 cows that are paired with 200 cows that are on a normal standard grazed pasture farm. So with on and off pasture, it means exactly that. You've got either cows grazing pasture as usual or as standard, and the cows in here come in here temporarily. Yes, so what we do with the house, it's the realisation that a, a cow only takes about four hours to eat its grass, and it doesn't need to be in the paddock all the while between morning and evening milking, or evening and morning milking, and it can drop its urine somewhere else rather than in the field. So those urine patches in the field are, are what causing nitrate leaching. So the system that we have put together here has several components. So we have pastures that cows graze. To cut down nitrate leaching, we move the cows into the house once they've finished grazing. Given that you have a house in place, we can also use the house to protect our soils when they're wet against treading damage. So the, the trial that we have in place at Massey looks at these 200 cows throughout the lactation season and in, when the winters are very wet, these soils, we would do a lot of treading damage which would reduce pasture utilisation. And the question's always been asked, if you don't do that damage, can you actually grow more grass? So we have set protocols. When the soils are too wet, we take the cows off and we feed them inside. Once we've had a bit of evapotranspiration and the soils dry out, we put the cows back out to graze. So there's that aspect. That also takes urine off the paddocks and puts them into the house. And then at other times of the year, we're focused at 
trying to pick times of the year when that urine patch will cause most of uh, its nitrate leaching. And so you could imagine that a urine patch that's dropped in autumn is very close to the winter drainage period. So a lot of that nitrogen won't be taken up by the grass, it could be leached in winter. A summer patch also doesn't grow much grass in the Manawatu because it's dry, but a spring deposited urine patch will grow a lot of grass, some of the nitrogen will be taken up and it, under it not so much uh, nitrogen will leach in the winter. So with this large systems trial we're actually focused at that summer, late summer autumn period when we would do on-off grazing to reduce the urine patch load on the paddock. One important aspect of having the cows housed for periods of time is that you do end up collecting the effluent or slurry which you then can use to bring back to the pasture. Yes. What's the idea behind that? You're still avoiding the nitrate leaching with that? Yes, so the cow when it grazes it drops everything in concentrated patches. The um, manure, the dung and the slurry that we collect in the shed is accumulated in a pond and then we can use apply it tactically um, we apply it back very uniformly at low rates so the grass can take up all the nitrogen and it doesn't cause leaching. But we also have set protocols. We want to apply the nitrogen in that slurry when the grass can use it for growth. So we'll hold it in the pond until we have a deficit of water in the soil so we know that when we put the slurry on it won't cause drainage. But we'd also like the soil temperature to be 10 degrees or higher because then we know the grass will be growing and it can utilise that slurry nitrogen well. So we're looking to put the slurry back on during the grass growing season. So what we're looking at here now, that's where you are in fact measuring yes, in when this, and how much in the soil this is pit, draining. which is about two metres deep, and has wooden sides. We're looking at three drainage plot volume collectors, tipping buckets. They record the flow of drainage from each plot. And there's a little proportional sampler that takes a sample of the water and uh, takes that off into a sample collector. And then we come after every uh, rainfall and drainage event take that sample back to the laboratory to measure it for nitrate but we measure it for other things as well potassium calcium and phosphate as well also in this pit we you will see we've got much smaller tipping buckets um, they bring water from surface runoff plots there we're interested in measuring the phosphate that's lost from the surface of the soil in a storm event that causes water to flow over the surface and also how many in the past we've been looking at the faecal coliform contamination from surface runoff as well. So these uh, replicate plots are geared up to measure drainage volumes and to measure surface runoff when it occurs in storm events. What we're looking at here is um, an umbilical cord um, distribution of the uh, the barn slurry which is stored over the, the autumn and winter period. You're um, going to have to explain that umbilical cord to me. So okay, what so, we've got so here is, a, is a tanker full of slurry. Yeah, so what an umbilical cord is, what we've got, a, we've got a 16 cube uh, tanker which is running next door to a trail end shoe. It's got 
24 little shoes with um, cutting blades in them which cuts the soil and then the trailing shoe leaks the effluent down into the uh, into the soil itself and then it's sort of sealed over again. So, so rather than spraying it across the pasture, it's, rather than spraying, it's almost injecting it? Yeah, rather than spraying where you're going to get an odour issue uh, as well as that um, when spraying, you know, you probably don't want to graze again for 10 to 14 days. Uh, this here, it cuts down the odour issue and also you can probably graze again three to four days. And now I can actually see the umbilical cord. Yeah, There's so literally it's, it's a connected connection at the back into the uh, into the side of the machine, and he just follows him at the same speed. They've got a set pattern which they follow. The machine itself is GPS, so what that means is that the computer is takes the width of the actual implement on the back of the tractor. It calculates the area that is covered when it comes out of a paddock so we can tell exactly um, how much has gone on on what area and from that we can tell how much nitrogen has gone on uh, and uh, potassium and uh, phosphorus as well. So in an ideal world you would use the nitrogen as a fertiliser only and avoid any leaching? No, you wouldn't want to do that because what this is doing, this is only replacing back what the cows haven't put back on here because we've been standing them off during the winter. So what this is doing, it's replacing back in a more uniformed way what the cows themselves would have been uh, distributing on the pasture. So you're avoiding the so-called 1,000 uh, kilograms of nitrogen patch coming from the cow. But the problem is, is when they are stood off in the winter, they're not grazing, they're not putting nutrients back into the so a lot of the grass growth is attributed to those urine spots so what we're doing here is applying it back at a more uniformed method so you are going to get some kind of compensation from that but you still need to be able to put on your strategic urea this is not a substitute for urea but it's a way of uh, applying it more evenly and maybe getting some more grass growth okay so you will recall that uh, the first component was uh, we've been trying to monitor at the whole farm or whole system level the amount of treading damage that has been done across the spring uh, winter periods and so each week Jay and Isabel and One of the challenges with so is quantifying the degree of pugging or treading damage on farms is that it doesn't occur evenly across the farm and it doesn't occur evenly within paddocks so having some spatial information about where that damage occurs and the degree of damage that it occurs enables us to then try and relate that to pasture yield and see whether there's any relationship between pasture yield and the degree of pugging damage. And with the CDAX rapid pasture meter we can map pasture yield differences across the field and what we're trying to do with this tool that we've developed, the, the pugger meter, is provide a spatial measurement of the degree of, of damage caused by grazing. So the tool is simply a device with uh, 10 rods, they're 5 centimetre spacing and each rod is able to uh, measure a depth of up to 10 centimetres and it's similar to a pasture height meter, you go along and just take individual samples across a paddock and each time it takes 10 measurements at relative differences in depths, depth in the soil and pick up that variation in depth at that place it's sampled and so the first stage of development is to calibrate it and that's where using these research plots are quite useful because we can look at uh, the degree of damage, compare that to yield, and get some measurements using the pasture the, um, the pugger meter and make that um, calibration with, with yield and with degree of damage and how those plots were grazed. It's mainly designed as a research tool, so it's not designed necessarily to be going out to each individual farm. But what we want to do is then relate this tool to something that may be a little bit more user friendly. So. The idea would be maybe use something like a, 
a smartphone with a, an app that can measure roughness that you could add onto the back of the CDEX pasture meter. So as it was moving across the paddock, it would pick up the degree of roughness occurring um, through picking it up through the smartphone and then relating that to pasture yield. A study here is looking at um, the effects of treading damage on pasture growth and also uh, on soil condition as well. Um, it's important to, to obviously not plug your pastures. A, it can affect soil, uh, continuing uh, pasture growth. Um, a lot of research has sort of shown that, you know, there could be a good six-month delay or reduction in pasture growth. Secondly, obviously, uh, compaction and plugging is an issue, and also it can increase uh, runoff as well uh, on properties. Uh, so it's an important thing to look at. Um, what we're looking at here is the effects of a house system where you are duration control grazing when soil moisture levels are low uh, compared to uh, a normal system where you would uh, graze like eight hours between milking. So you've got like like small subplots here that yes. you treat differently or you bring the cows in at yes. different times? We've got 28 600 square metre plots and uh, we're looking at um, different treatments and the treatments are, are based on soil moisture so our first treatment uh, we're looking at uh, it's raining and you've got no deficit so it's, it's soaking wet the next treatment is two or three days drying and you're looking at uh, between 0 to 1.5 millimetres deficit then your third treatment is between 1.5 and 4 millimetres and then the last treatment is greater than 4 where most of the time you would probably be grazing your pastures. So even to the uninitiated, a wet, soggy soil, if you get the cows on it, will be damaged more? Yes, it will be damaged. Obviously the texture of the soil will have some effect on the damage. Uh, at the moment here we're on a Tokamaru salt loam, which is a poorly drained soil. Definitely on these type of soils, when it rains for a day or two, you're going to get quite substantiated damage. And the goal of all these measurements, of assessing you know, just how much damage is done, but also trying to figure out how to avoid that damage the goal of all of that would be to improve the soil's performance to grow pasture the goal of this is definitely is to answer the question especially on these type of soils these poorly drained soils what kind of effect plugging does have is it worth predicting your pastures <laughs> basically um, and then secondly the, yeah, the second goal of that is our, our initial protocols we developed for the housing system are they correct do we need to extend them and do we need to graze later or earlier or what is the difference between grazing and saturation to a 1.5 deficit? Do you reduce the damage sufficiently that you're going to get, you know, compensated with better grass growth, or is the grass growth the same? This is farm scale trials, really. How easily can you translate this to a, a real farm operation? And do they actually see the nitrate leaching reduction? Taking it from here to the farm scale. It's the last part of what this research program has to achieve. So we're working with a Dairy NZ uh, business developer who's taking all our protocols and writing them up in fact sheets. And we're taking the main key points of our protocols. So let's say the pugging score that we talked about in the paddock, how a farmer could use that to recognise when he should take his cows off the uh, paddock. In terms of choosing the time of year, when to put the cows in the house or stand them off, we realise that if a farmer does it all year round, it's an awful lot of uh, extra work. But if we just focus on the autumn-summer period, usually, certainly in the North Island and on non-irrigated farms, you're having to feed supplements anyway. 
it fits much better into that part of the year and probably doesn't add a lot of additional uh, work on the farm or movement of cows if we focus at that autumn period. And, and our, still achieve still and reduction. And our trial, in yes, has shown that last autumn we were still just with that autumn standoff, we were able to cut nitrate leaching by about 38%. So it's a significant part of what you saw in earlier Very trials, or so 50%. Yes, that's right. Around. Nearly 80% of that reduction that we saw earlier from doing that all year round was achieved just by autumn uh, standoff. So that's one aspect to mitigate nitrate leaching to treat the environment better but does it raise production on the farm can you use the system to actually grow more grass and in the end of course that's the million more cows dollar producing question. more milk um, so in this system we have been constrained by trying to keep all the inputs the same between the standard farm and the house farm and we are actually struggling to grow more grass on the house system but that's a useful result because it means that uh, people have got to change the feeding in the house system a lot more if they want to increase production. Just by building a house and keeping it the same as the standard system probably isn't going to give us the yield increase we were hoping for. Uh, we were hoping for perhaps a, about a 17 to 20 percent increase in production. Um, I don't think we'll get that, but let's see what happens at the end of this lactation season. And that was Mike Headley. You also heard from James Hanley and Jay Howes, who are all at Massey University in Palmerston North. That's all for now. For more, check us out on the web, rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld. Kakite anō. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.